Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Mel King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. I think that's the difference between like trades in baseball and, and, and basketball. It's like plug and play. There's an entire off season and half of a season of installs and all the things that you need to do collectively to play and, and execute offensive play. On top of that, it was a little bit choppy with some of it, Justin getting dinged up. He got dinged up. So it was a little bit choppy of a start. I told Chase, and we had a really good conversation, I'm not blinking at that one at all. I think he's going to help us moving forward, and I'm excited about it. It's Gabe Ramirez and Mark Brody on 670 The Score in Odyssey Station. Love hearing from Ryan Poles right there. And, you know, listen, we, we can agree that we think he is an intelligent man. And I think a lot of people leave out the fact that there were other people trying to secure the services of Chase Claypool at the trade deadline. And I think a lot of people are just like, oh, Chase Claypool for a 30-second pick. It's like, well, yeah, remember, they had to give up a little bit more to get him because, you know, like the Packers were trying to get him. So, like, that, you got to remember that. But now that the, the, the combine has happened and people have had the opportunity, one, to see who's going to be available in free agency in the NFL, but two, be able to see the talent that exists in the upcoming draft at the wide receiver position, that some people are, are changing their tune when it comes to whether or not the Chicago Bears made the right decision in giving up that 30-second pick. And we're going to talk to you guys about that. Phone lines are open, 312-644-6767. Um, but first, let's talk to Kevin in Brookfield, who, Kevin, we posed the, the, the situation earlier. If the Bears were to trade back with the Carolina Panthers at 9 and Jalen Carter was still available, do you think that the – supposed personality issues uh, would be something that would, would turn you away from drafting him, or, or you'd still take him at nine? Well, I think Jalen's going to play in the NFL next year, right? Oh, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so so I think if you can get a guy that's going to – I mean, that's that big three technique. That's Ted, Will, Ted, Ted Washington. That's a guy that eats up blockers. He makes everybody on your defense better. The dream scenario is trading down to 9, 11, or 12, getting that huge haul of picks. And still getting Jalen Carter. That would make I mean, that I think would it perfect for the yeah, Bears. That would soften it. I mean, that would make it easier to deal with if there was to be some sort of reoccurrence of the issues that Jalen Carter has shown to have. So, you know, I, that that's my fear, but that's also a good point by you. If you have enough players around him to protect the picks, so to yeah. speak, eh, I, I hear him. I and, hear him. And if you dropped out of that space, right top four, where you thought you know Jalen Carter might be. And you've traded down for the second time to get you know X amount of draft picks afterwards, and you can still take them at nine. I don't know. I think that you mentioned you know it, it needing to be a slam dunk, Grody. Yep. And I think that's a 
reverse windmill 360 you know what I'm saying? off the backboard hey, I, at nine I, i'm i'm listening when it comes to that that's that's a good call that's yeah. a good call like surrounding the the other picks to sort of protect it so to speak i knew that there was a reason i didn't like hamstring injuries somebody reminded us of, of the kevin white the hamstring. Well, it was one of his like seven injuries. I know. So. I know. Maybe that's what, because I just got that. Like, I love Jackson Smith and Jigba. I really do. Yeah. Like, everything about him. But I just don't like the idea of this general manager having to take chances on guys yeah. in the first round. I don't like that. Hammy's like tough. Mm-hmm. Hammy's tough, especially we don't know the severity of it. But I mean, it'll be interesting to see. Again, we're taking your phone calls 312 644 6767. You know, uh, before we go to Tommy on the Northwest side, Groats. I really am interested in hearing what you know what your take was. You got to see the wide receivers, you know, run their routes. You know, get an opportunity to speak to them. Do you feel like the Bears made the right move now, assuming that the Bears were going to take a wide receiver at thirty-two, which probably more than likely they would have had they not had Chase Claypool? Do you think the Bears made the right move? It, well, that was the thinking. Yeah, the the thinking is rational and sound. That it's not a jump out at you draft class. It's not a jump out at you free agent class. So in that regard, it's a shrewd move. Now, it wasn't good last year. It was bad with Chase Claypool and the Bears. But he has been a productive player in his career, and the ceiling we all know is still ridiculously high. I think it's ridiculously high still for Chase Claypool, considering the skills that he has and the speed that he has. It's all there. It just hasn't been put together. So unless you are giving up on Chase Claypool as a player, then I I still like it. I still like the move, and you know he's still got to be good. Hey, pressure's on. And if it's not good this year, then that is a black mark on the record of Ryan Poles for sure that will need to be discussed. But for now, I'm still thumbs up on Chase Claypool. He's 24. Yeah. Like, geez, come on, bro. We're talking about a 24-year-old. Right, who who understands that he didn't have a good have a good year. And he he made it clear that he he was not comfortable not coming in from the very beginning. I said it over and over and over on the show that he told me that he can't wait for OTAs. He can't wait for training. Like he said that. Saying the right things. He admitted that it he wasn't completely comfortable with the Bears and everything last year. Year now, if he's not up to speed in game one <laughs> next year, then yeah. go to town on him. Especially if the Bears have an offensive line and another wide receiver right. weapon. Like if we're you know more well, if the Bears are a more well put together right. offense, then it should be the case. But I know for a fact if Chase Claypool at six four two something was still playing for Notre Dame and this was the year he came out, I'm not saying he'd be a first round pick. But he'd be the guy that you'd be looking at at 32 that could be available for you to take. Right. Without question. He he is irresistible in terms of what he is capable of doing. And, yeah, if he was 27 or 26 or something like that, then you're like, okay, is this – that's kind of crazy. But, no, at at that age – and, again – he has not not been productive. Right. With, he's had some nice years and made and like been productive. So it's not like he's a big nothing who comes here and you're like, let's see if we right. can resurrect his career. That's not where we're at with Chase Claypool. I made a big argument, and I have been making this argument since the trade window, that if you go to look at the second-round picks, wide receivers that have been taken in the second round for the last two seasons, there's no one there that you can say to yourself, like, oh, my God, this guy's so amazing when you're comparing him to a Chase Claypool. And I said that last week, and somebody brought up, Christian Watson from the Green Bay Packers. And I said, and they're like, oh, you're an idiot, Christian Watson. Da, da, da. And I go, and I just simply said, hey, did you look at Clay, Chase Claypool's rookie year stats? They're better than Christian Watson's rookie year stats. 
and he had Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. Like, did you not forget who who Chase Claypool had throwing him the ball? It's you can say what you want about Justin Fields and what he can be, but you still have to look at it objectively. Last year, Justin Fields sucked as an actual quarterback throwing the ball, and so he had him throwing it. He had a Kenny Pickett. He had a Mitch Trubisky. He had a Trevor Simeon. He didn't have an Aaron Rodgers throwing him the ball. So I just think these are the things that we have to take into consideration when we're trying to come to some conclusive determination on Chase Claypool and who he is, because see, people are just so. You know, like that he's trash. And I think that that's absolutely ridiculous. But that's why we're asking the question. 312-644-6767. Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here. Uh, Tommy on the Northwest side. So what are your thoughts on Chase Claypool and the trade that was made in midseason? I, I, I completely agree with you guys on uh, basically every aspect. Uh, um, if if Poles' idea going into the draft was get a second-round receiver – Outside of Clinton, I mean, you have Flowers and uh, the USC. You got Jordan Addison, who's, you know, Jackson Smith and Jigba, right. right. Exactly. So if you put their ceilings against each other, I'm going to take Claypool all day, and especially if you have your mind made up. So, like, to me, the trade was like a no-brainer, especially if we're trying to, you know, improve the talents around fields, like – no-brainer. Yeah, and thanks for the call, Tommy. And the other thing, too, is, you know, Jordan Addison from USC, Quentin Johnston from TCU, and Jackson Smith and Jigba, those three guys will be taken in the first round. Like, let's not let's not be mistaken. So, you know, you, you can you can say them to try to make it, oh, I'd rather have those guys. Yeah, yeah, so would the Bears. But those three guys are not going to make it past, you know, the New England Patriots in the middle of the round. Some of the teams that, you know, could use a speedy wide receiver to help out their quarterback. So, you know, it's, it's tough. And, and, again, I don't want to come off so hard where I don't want anybody to come up with the opposing view because I do like to hear, you know, every angle of it. But I am passionate about the fact – I hate the fact that people write it off as if, like – this is stupid. We should have the 30-second pick. Chase Claypool is trash. Like that, it's that conversation that I have a problem with. Make a better argument. Well, and it's a bad argument only because it's like you're completely, and, and you laid it out very well, completely neglecting. You know how bad this roster is. Anybody who watched the Bears this year knew exactly what this roster was. It was a, we knew it was a bad roster when it was assembled. Ahead of game one against San Francisco, we all knew it was a bad roster. And then the Bears went on to lose 10 straight freaking (laughs) games this year. Now, it needs to be said (laughs) for people who look at players and say, oh, they're no good. They're trash. Your team was trash last year. Right. Because you you can't text me and say that Aaron Rodgers was on a team with a bunch of other people, and that's why he couldn't win another Super Bowl. But then you can't say that Chase Claypool – you know, equally wasn't in that same position where, you know, he's supposed to stand out by himself. Right, right. right. You win because of Chase Claypool. Yeah. Nobody's ever said anything like <laughs> yeah. back to the beginning of the show. He's not a generational not player. A generational I'm talent. not expecting him to have like right. 10 straight 1,000-yard seasons now, but I do think he could be a very good wide receiver, and there ain't nothing wrong with very good, Gabe. It's right. what I try to teach you all the time. Exactly. Uh, 773 says Claypool had Roethlisberger thrown to him his rookie year, and that's what made him a standout wide receiver. Ben Roth, dead arm Roethlisberger in his last last oh my year. God. Last year's I get rag. it. Though. I get it. Roethlisberger still talented. Don't want to take anything away from him. All right, let's go to Mark in Aurora. So, Mark, do you think uh, the Claypool trade was the right thing for the Bears? A hundred percent, especially last year at the wide receiver landscape. Considering that the rookie deals that got done before the season started, I think it would have been a waste 
at the time can invest in a valuable draft, unless we get an overhaul of picks early on, we wasting a pick on a wide receiver. Uh, they usually don't fit the the learning curve quite as fast. Like we, I would ideally like to see the Bears see it address the trenches early on, ready to go. They're usually NFL ready. That's what we need to address. And uh, I mean, usually it's just super exciting from the outside in watching the guys. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I'm trusting the process from the outside in. So I think right call all the way. I love it. I love that we've we've adopted the Philadelphia 76ers mantra, trust the process. Oh, <laughs> process. It's like a cliche word <laughs> by now. Like... But that was a very measured Bears fan right there. And it sounds like, and maybe it's just been now that people are away from the awful season that was for Chase Claypool and everybody that was a Chicago Bear, except for Justin Fields yeah. and his running, that maybe people have kind of like, okay, yeah, it was bad, but it's Chase Claypool. We know what the guy did in college. We know what the guy did for a couple of years with Pittsburgh. He's going to be fine. And it's it's funny, like he said, talking about getting the defense put together. Yeah, you got to get that defense put together. But this has to be the offseason, too, that we come away with saying Justin Fields got a lot of help, right? And it just kind of speaks to the fact that they need help everywhere. Yeah. It's it's just like, yeah, we, we want to give a little bit to you, Justin, a little bit to the defense, a little bit to the secondary, a little bit to the offensive line. Who's actually going to be satisfied it's going be into tough. next season? It's going to be tough. because It's last, going to be tough. last thing we want is for LaShawn McCoy to be right in saying that just Justin Fields is a bad quarterback. Because if he gets offensive line help, gets another wide receiver, yeah. and he's you know playing at the same level, then it's going to be a tough pill to swallow for Chicago Bears fans. Yeah. All right, let's take one more call. Let's go to John on the south side. So, John, do you tr- do you trust Ryan Poles after you've seen him make that trade for Claypool? Do you trust him to do the right things, not only uh, in this draft, but but that he made the right decision in the in the present? Hundred percent right. Trust. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. This is hundred percent. This is Gabe. John. This is Gabe. Because the thing about it is, I like this guy. I trust him, whatever he does. I'm not professional, but this is what he did last year regarding the draft. See how many drafts he got for us from two to six. And the draft he got from us, we got a lot of, we got three defensive, uh, one defensive guy, uh, offensive guy that was, they are good rookies. I forgot the name. He has really good. Briscoe, one of them. See how this guy is doing. So whatever he's going to pick up for this year, I trust what he's going to do. I don't, I don't I don't really care too much about what he's going to pick or something like that because this guy is a professional and he knows what is at stake for the Chicago Bears. I trust. Yeah, I, I agree with you, John, man. Thanks for the call. Always love when you call in, by the way. But, you know, you you you, you do have to kind of trust him because what what would you say was like something that he got completely wrong so far, Groats? Well, the, 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 the Ogajobi thing. Okay. Talk about polls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the the you know, Ogan Joby. And that was from the very beginning. Uh, yeah. Right? There was the offensive lineman. Who was the offensive lineman that he made an offer for and then did not Ryan get? Ryan Bates. Yeah, from Buffalo. Nice so, call. So there was studs. that. Yeah, yeah, studs on his game. That was, that was awesome. I, would, oh, I, would, so. I, would have, I wouldn't even know what to Google for that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I had it somewhere <laughs> in my brain. Um, so yeah, I think well, it was a big story last year. You know, they, eh, you it know. was. There was yeah, the, there was the script. We had we had him talking right after that. He found out about that 
You were that was, it was, it was and I was working that day. So about the Bates thing, like, yeah. Okay, so, like it's just yeah. stuck out in my head. He, and he admitted okay. too. Like I don't think he said like, "Oh, that was bad of me," but he did say it sucks. I mean, like the Ogan Joby thing. And I like Justin Jones, but you know, it would have been interesting if you did get it a healthy peak Larry Ogunjobi here and you yeah. wouldn't have to be thinking about necessarily thinking about three technique or another heavy along the the defensive line uh, I love talking about the damn bears I could do this all day all okay, right let's do it. yeah we are we're going to continue the okay. conversation Robert Mays <laughs> is going to join the show after the break find out what he thinks might have been the biggest mistake that Ryan Poles has made and where does he think uh Chase Claypool can fit uh into this scheme is it the one the two or maybe he'll be left off as a number three for the Chicago Birds team. We'll talk to Robert Mays after the break. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody, right here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Yeah, you don't want to overcook it. I mean, there's times where you can overanalyze this thing and start to spin, um, and you're getting too many opinions. So there's there's a time to shut it down, and you feel comfortable. Everyone's on the same page because the way we meet, we're all in the room together. It's a collaborative deal, and it, it truly is. I mean, we'll go at it if there's two different opinions, which mm-hmm. is fun. Um, but then when we make a decision, everyone's on board. So we, we grind, we sprint, and then we try to take some time to, to gas up so that we have clarity when yeah. we make decisions. Yeah. yeah. Ryan pulls again right there on Pardon My Take. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here on 670 The Score. Football heavy today, which I love. I know you can hit to off fields, Mark, but, you know, I like picking your brain because I haven't had the chance to. Since you got back anytime, from the man. You know that. I like it. Uh, now we get to pick the brain of another man that I appreciate. Joining us right now on the Circuit Resort and Casino Hotline, Circuit Resort and Casino Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He's the host of the Athletic Football Show and NFL writer at The Athletic. Uh, and he's joining us right now. Uh, Robert Mays, welcome to the show. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Happy to, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So um, let me let me just ask you this. Right, first of all, are you a, like are you the guy that watches the NFL Network during the combine, and you know you're looking at like the 87th tight end do a drill? Like, are you that obsessed with the thing, or are you kind of just you, you know what's going on there? You do you know you kind of try to tackle it from a different angle. Oh, I, I don't do any of that. Okay. You're not that sick in the head, <laughs> the combine, huh? Okay, good. <laughs> it, it's funny because the combine happens at such a weird time where it's a draft event, but free agency happens first. So, I mean, when the time, by the time the season's over, you know, the Super Bowl is on February 14th, right? We take a slight break after that happens just because it's a pretty big cram until the Super Bowl. So if you have a slightly light week a week after the Super Bowl, and then you get back and you start to slowly ramp it up the week after that, that's February, what, 22nd? And then the Combine is here. So there just isn't really a lot of time, a lot of ramp up to the Combine and to free agency. So 
for me, draft talk really starts after free agency ends. I just don't have the personal bandwidth to attack it before that. And we have a fantastic draft team at the athletic that thankfully takes a lot of those shots for me. That's, that's good. And I'm glad you have that, that knowledge base and March 15th is coming right up. So let's Can't just, wait. let's just dig right into it, Robert. What is from a bears perspective, who do you think that they should target first or will target first in free agency? The answer is anybody they want, which is kind of a scary proposition. Yeah. I, you know, you look at what usually works out in free agency, and I think so many people have kind of beaten it into my brain, whether it's executives or people around the league. It's, you know, you're paying premiums for guys that are hitting the market for a reason. And there are just so many bad deals kind of lining the graveyard of free agency periods past. And that's why you worry about really shelling out top of market money for some of these guys. And you know, there are exceptions. If you're looking at a guy like Javon Hargrave, he's 30. The one of the reasons he's hitting for agency is the Eagles have spent a lot on other players. You know, they've really pushed their chips in as a team that very nearly won the Super Bowl this year. He's still got a lot left in the tank, but you're going to need to pay a lot for him. You know, when these guys hit free agency, they're looking at top of the market money. So. Do you need to give Javon Hargrave the Chris Jones or DeForest Buckner contract at $20 million a year? Are you comfortable doing that for a 30-year-old player? Those are the sort of questions that the Bears are going to have to ask themselves. Are you willing to go to a guy like Mike McGlinchey and pay him in the top five in average annual value among right tackles if there are other teams in on the bidding? So they're in such a strange position where they can really control the market, but do you really want to be able to control the market with this pool of players? We're talking to Robert Mays here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. You know, let's, let's stay on this free agent uh, tangent that we're on right now because, you know, you're right. Bears can do whatever they want, which is a scary situation to be in. Are, are you confident in a guy like Ryan Poles from what you've seen over the course of the first year that, you know, he will make the right decision? Or, or do you feel like, you know, there might be some guy we might be looking at saying to yourself, well, he might have overpaid for that guy? I think that those two things can be true at the same time. Okay. I, I think that Ryan Poles has made plenty of good moves on a good timeline. I understand a lot of the things he did early on with just how slow he played some of the stuff and how he built some of the position groups, all of that, the ways they traded back in the draft and even moves that I think you can kind of raise an eyebrow at like the place chase Claypool trade. I understand how they arrived at that point. So I have faith in this regime based on what I've seen so far that they can attack this thing in the right way. But I do think that there are a lot of potential pitfalls as you're negotiating this space. Mike McGlinchey is an interesting name that you brought up. And I love, too, what you said. You, essentially, do you really want to be in control of, of this group because it's a complicated group? But McGlinchey seems like a pretty good idea for the Bears because they do need a right tackle. And you know, beyond that, it is, would McGlinchey fit in nicely with the Bears? And is there a position on the Bears' offensive line that you look at and say, yeah, they don't need to address that. It's locked in. We're all good there. Probably not. I mean, if you feel good about what Tevin Jenkins did last year, maybe that's the answer. Is Braxton Jones your long-term answer at left tackle? Do you want to give him another year 
to kind of work on his body and some technique stuff. I think a lot of it is up for debate, but I do think that right tackle spot was a glaring hole all season. And Mike McGlinchey does make a lot of sense. You know, Chris Morgan is somebody that coached with Kyle Shanahan in the past. They have a relationship, I'm sure. The scheme, you know, there are certain elements and overlaps where I think you feel pretty good about what he can do as a run blocker within that offense. And right tackle is actually a pretty good position historically for finding players in free agency. Left tackle is a ghost town. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for a left tackle in free agency, you're going to be very disappointed. This year is kind of a strange counter to that with Orlando Brown and now Donovan Smith both being on the market. But right tackle, you can find guys. You know, Jack Conklin comes to mind with the deal he signed with the Browns. And often right tackles in free agency can finish those deals out. They end up aging pretty well. So I think Mike McGlinchey checks a lot of boxes at a position of need for sure. I look at the Bears uh, last year and, you know, you look at the talent at the linebacker position, and I feel like that's somewhere that they can get stronger at. And I look I look at free agency and I see some of the, the linebackers that are out there, and I think to myself, you know, a guy like Bobby Wagner, who, you know, obviously parted ways uh, from, from the Rams, is that someone that you see like, okay, this this can be an addition and be a veteran presence there? Or do you think this that's a position that you're, you're better off tackling in the draft? The off-ball linebacker contracts do not age well. If you look at the history of them over the last four or five years, uh, almost immediately, teams start to regret those deals. I mean, I'm trying to think of examples. Foya Lukan last year was $15 million a year. You know, by the end of the season, the Jags are picking, or teams are picking on the Jags linebackers. Quan Alexander, um, the deal for C.J. Mosley, you know, they're not going to be able to afford, afford Quincy Williams in part because of that. There are other examples, too. Joe Schobert recently signing that deal with the Jags that was instantly pretty bad. And for the most part, it's just hard to get value on second contracts, big market-setting second contracts at that position. But if you can find one that makes sense price-wise, I I think that you can argue that having a veteran presence there and just being able to plug someone in as a stabilizing force would make sense. Two guys I would come to. What is Levante David's price tag? Is he somebody that you can get for eight million a year? You know that would be a discount based on the type of player he still is. But if that makes sense, he's just such a veteran. He's he would be such a great presence for a young defense. And the guy I would also come back to that maybe more realistic is Bobby Okereke, because he played for Matt, Matty Rifluis in Indianapolis. His price is probably going to be a little bit lower. Again, somebody who's been in the league who you can just kind of plug in and play twenty seven. Yeah. yeah, he's you know obviously not as long in the tooth as some of those other guys are, but uh, there are you have to be careful at that spot. You know, I wouldn't want to be the team that goes mm-hmm. out and spends eighteen, nineteen million dollars a year on Trey on Trey Edmonds. That's just not what I would want to do. Let's talk quarterbacks, Robert. With all the news today with Lamar Jackson and the franchise tag and Daniel Jones getting a, a four-year deal, the Derek Carr deal, and then Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. What say you about some of those names and the effects of those signings? The Daniel Jones one, I just... <laughs> I, you know, you know, I, I get it. I, I get it. If you're the Giants, you know, you, you're looking at the alternatives and you think, all right, you know, we were a playoff team this year. We had no help. We had no receivers. Isaiah Hodgins was our best pass catcher. Even if we give Daniel Jones that extension, he's making $19 million against the cap. Saquon's making $10 million on the franchise tag. If you can extend him, you get that number down a little bit. Cut Kenny Galladay. You play with uh, 
Leonard Williams' cap hit, excuse me, and you're looking at $40, $50 million in space still. And you can really build a team around that. You think, all right, look at where we were last year. If we get some better players, where can we go? I just think it's dicey thinking. You know, I was just tweeting about this because I've been thinking about it literally since we recorded. But these quarterbacks who are these win-with guys, where you're not going to win because of them. If you look at the history of those sorts of players and those sorts of extensions and contracts early in a team's team-building process, so not like what, the Derek, what Derek Carr just did with the Saints or even what Geno is doing with the Seahawks. That's a little bit different to me. But you're doing it in year two, three of a regime as kind of a starting point for who you want to be. Alex Smith with the Chiefs comes to mind. You know, they traded for him and gave him that contract right when Andy Reid started in Kansas City. Jimmy Garoppolo came to San Francisco at the end of Kyle Shanahan's first year there and was their quarterback from the start on a big deal. And then what the Lions did with Jared Goff, trading for Jared Goff early in Brad Holmes' tenure. Those are the best-case scenarios. And the Chiefs needed somehow to trade from 27 to 10 and land the greatest quarterback arguably of all time, the most talented one, and drop him into that offense for it all to work. You know, the Niners had this really strange circumstance where Jimmy G's deal was so front-loaded, and then he got hurt. So they went 4-12. and 12. They got Nick Bosa with the second pick. They were picking high in the second round, and they got Debo Samuel. And then Debo, or Jimmy was kind of on a discount for the next few years, and they got flexibility. And so, yeah, they're a couple plays away from a Super Bowl and going to another one, but is that too tight of a needle to thread? And for as good as the Lions story is, and for as nice it is, as it is to be competitive with that sort of player, don't we all kind of feel like they're going to need an upgrade to get over the top? They, they're going to need one of those difference-making guys. So I just think there aren't that many examples of this going really well. I get wanting to be competitive. You can't really take a step back after the season that you had last year. But part of me thinks you just bite the bullet, say good luck to, good luck to you, Daniel. We'll see what your market is out there. You sign a cheap veteran and you just kind of build this thing at your own pace rather than being forced into this thing that seems like it's born of urgency that's not conducive to your success. It does feel that way. Uh, we're talking to Robert Mays, host of the Athletic Football Show and NFL writer at The Athletic, hanging out with us here on 670 The Score, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. Robert, we literally, Grody and I were talking about this very thing where, you know, we're looking at the, the Dan Jones contract and we're, you know, we were doing a, a, a Derek Carr comp. And we're saying, you know, Carr is, is more talented, but so we couldn't really wrap our mind around, you know, what was going on there. But we understood it. We understood what was happening. And, and we literally said the same way where the, 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 the Raiders feel like Carr isn't the guy, even though he's good, isn't the guy to get him to that, you know, upper echelon, that, that, that the, the Giants are going to be feeling that same way. Now, a quarterback that, that can potentially get you to the upper echelon like Grody was leaning towards, uh, alluding to, is, is Lamar Jackson. Do you think with that uh, with that uh, franchise tag, the non the non one non exclusive one, that he is going to stay in in Baltimore, especially with some of the teams saying that they aren't going to pursue his services, or do do you think he could potentially or will en- end up somewhere else? Seems like some weirds going on, huh? I mean, with all those teams immediately coming out and saying that they weren't interested, I, I just don't know how to to process what we're seeing. Part of me thinks that. You know, it's a lot of NFL teams taking a hard-line stance against this idea that he wants a fully guaranteed deal. Is that part of why it's a little bit chilly out there right now? Maybe. But it only takes one team. You know, it only takes one desperate team. And it's hard to pin down who that team might be. You know, I thought Atlanta was in a really good spot. They have the financial flexibility. I think stylistically he fits what they would want to do. But 
even independent of Diana Rossini's report today that they weren't interested, I came away from the combine not thinking they would be a player in the Lamar Jackson sweepstakes and honestly might roll into the season with Desmond Ritter. So if you check them off, how many other teams actually make sense? You know, the Raiders potentially based on where they are, but can they even afford it financially? If you're going to have to give him a fully guaranteed deal with the cash flow issues that they've had in the past, if you're the Colts, you know, you have the fourth overall pick, you need a quarterback. This is your chance to finally, you know, get a guy in a rookie deal and kind of build it methodically. Your own pace, you're in a position to potentially draft one. Would you rather go that route? Are the Panthers are the same way? You know, Frank Reich has played that veteran quarterback carousel in Indy for so many years. Do you want to just get on that rookie quarterback timeline, build it around that guy? When you pull the trigger on Lamar Jackson, that's it. That's your move at quarterback. And you have to build a certain way just because you don't have a lot of resources. You know, it's $45, $50 million a year guaranteed potentially, plus two first-round picks. You know, you're you essentially the team you have resource-wise if this is the move that you end up making and how many teams feel like they're in that spot. So I, I think that he should have more teams interested because I do think it's on him, but it just doesn't seem like there are that many teams that are well-positioned to really go after this. And honestly, I think that's what, Lamar, what the Ravens were banking on. You know, they were hoping that this might be the reception. He might not have as robust a market as he thought, and it brought him back to the table. So we'll see what happens. Ryan Poles made it pretty clear that Justin Fields is going to be the guy this year. He hasn't exactly said that, but all indications are that they're not moving away from Justin Fields, which is smart. After this season, Robert, do you think that the we'll be talking about a guy who we know for sure is a star quarterback or a good-to-great quarterback after this year? Where are you on Justin Fields? I need to see more, and I think that that's why the most important thing – for Ryan Poles to do, and I think he certainly understands this based on what he has said very publicly over, over the last couple of weeks in multiple different places. They want extra first-round picks next year and maybe even into 2025. I think that's non-negotiable. If you're going to trade out of that first pick, you need to give yourself flexibility next year just in case. You know, we are not far removed from a team in a very similar position. The Eagles were in a spot where they could accrue an extra first-round pick in this year's draft when they weren't sure on Jalen Hurts. And to their credit, they did everything they could to build up the infrastructure around Jalen Hurts. They used his rookie deal. They used the assets they had to make sure that the infrastructure they had in place left no doubt about whether Jalen Hurts was the guy. And I think that's what you have to do if you're the Bears. You have to do everything you can to see if this guy can succeed, but you have to give yourself an off-ramp if he doesn't. And I need to see him just be just work faster in the pocket, mm -hmm. you know, just have a better sense of him. Just have a better sense of what's going on, a better feel, all that stuff, you know, more trust within the offense. And I think that that can come with better help. And if mm -hmm. you're thinking of it with an optimistic spin, that's how I would do it. But I think you have to see more from him operating in that way to feel good about him being the guy moving forward. Robert, before we let you go, I see this big ass list you got here on Twitter about all the restaurants you ate at in Chicago in 2022. <laughs> And I've ate literally at every single one of these places that you've been to. So I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like, yep, 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 yep. I feel like a, a Muppet. Yep, 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 yep on these. Uh, you got to point. You got to tell us uh, right now. I know you have your, your check marks as to which ones are your favorites. Uh, but in 2023, have you hit up any spots yet? 
Yeah, we've we've done we've done a couple. Um, oh my goodness, I'm going to forget the names of them. Give me, give me, give me, uh, give me, give oh, me. Uh, we went so we, we uh, one of not a ton because I've been on the road so much. I can tell you more about the restaurant scene in Indianapolis and Phoenix <laughs> more than I can about the restaurant scene in Chicago. But um, we went to Abelix, which is uh, the new French place from the the guys who own Le Bouchon in mm-hmm. in uh, Bucktown. That was very good. We're going to Lula Cafe this weekend for dinner, which I'm very excited up. about. I see no steakhouses um, on here. What's up with that, Robert? I don't. I don't do a lot of steakhouses, honestly. And, okay. and you know what? I've been to most of them. So typically, <laughs> I it's a lot. It's a high bar for me to repeat a restaurant Same. because I want to try new places. So if you name a steakhouse in Chicago, like Bavette's is like one of my favorite meals. Bavette's and Swift and Sons are my two favorite steakhouses in the city. Yes, I think that's I think that's right, and I've been to mo- both of them many times, just yeah. not last okay. year. Have you guys ever gotten so, the bone marrow from Bavette? From, from and Swift and Sons has really good bone marrow. So as well. good, what a concept! It's, it's, uh, guy, I think Robert, I think you and I might need to hit up, especially if you're going to Puerto Rican spots. You know, that's that's my that's my cup of tea. You know, now you're talking my language. <laughs> I live right in now. Logan, so I mean, it's the Puerto Rican spots are everywhere. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Fall out, fall well, out my front door, and well, I'm at one. Well, once I saw Hibarito y Ma on your on your thing, I was like, oh. This guy's a real. This guy's a real Logan Square guy, right here. So I, I appreciate it. Uh, but my I'll, only problem is when I go there, I can't be around another person for the next like eight hours because the garlic. garlic on my <laughs> oh, hey, too. One, one, one thing for me, man. I think you and I. I don't know if you know this or not, and I didn't know this about you, but I think we might be in the same club. So I wanted to say congratulations to you for three years without having a drink, dude. That's awesome. Thanks, man. I really appreciate that. It's been uh, it's been very rewarding and. Uh, can honestly say it's the best decision I ever made. Wow, that's Same. awesome stuff, man. I'm, I'm yeah. glad to hear that, Robert. Great stuff. It's my first time talking to you. Thought it was absolutely fantastic. Can't wait to chat with you again. Uh, but thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Anytime, guys. Robert Mays uh, from the Athletic hanging out with us here. Make sure you check out the Athletic Football Show uh, podcast. Got to go ahead and check that out and follow him on Twitter at Robert Mays. Uh, Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody uh, on the other side. Uh, we get a, we get an opportunity to continue a little bit more uh, Justin Fields talk because I feel like we, there's still things that need to be discussed. Not necessarily whether he's the guy. We know that. But I think there there, there should be markers that are in place, uh, uh, benchmarks of where we want him, to, what we want him to hit and where, what, where we want him to go this season. And, and we'll discuss that on the other side. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody here on 670 The Score. It was cool to see the maturation, you know, during the course of the year. Um, you know, him learning the new offense, you know, and then – you know, midway through, kind of take off. You know, we you know scored a lot of points during that time, and uh, he really took ownership of that. And uh, you know, his leadership just kept growing and growing and growing during the course of the year. So, um, certainly excited about that. Like I've stated, you know, obviously he has things to work on, like like everybody else on the team mm-hmm. does, and uh, to grow into the second year. So we'll we'll see where it goes. Coach Eberflus, I'm part of my take right there, discussing Justin Fields. According to Bleacher Report, the Bears had already told Justin Fields that there'd be some trade rumors, and he respects that a lot. The fact that they they told him that, but hey, you can anticipate those things. I love you know that when you look at Justin Fields, you say leader, without a doubt. I think there's no question there. Um, good character. I think there's no question there. When you look at the parts that are missing, and we all have talked about them at length, but. Grody, for you personally, right? I think it is important to, even without knowing what the old line looks like and the who the new new toys on wide in the in the offense are going to be, because you just know they're going to be there, right? You know they're going to make additions. So, so let, let's 
hold true for that. What are some benchmarks for you when it comes to Justin Fields and, and things that, you know, because this year for me, it was just get a little bit better. I'd said it from the beginning of the season. I just, I don't need Justin Fields to be great. I just need him to be better than he was last year. And he did. He was. He was better than he was last year. That was great. So now I'm trying to reassess what I think, you know, the t- upcoming season is supposed to look like for Justin Fields. Have you, have you gone down that path yet in your brain? And what does that look like? Speed it up. That's what I'd say to Justin Fields. That's a concept. Robert Mays just mentioned it yeah. as well. And that is a, it's almost like a consensus thing. Like the people that I talk to at the kind of, like, hey, if I if you have to criticize, because sometimes you got to pull it out of these guys. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got to criticize them. It's speed it up. Speed it up in terms right. what does that mean? of of the reads, mechanically going through your progressions, the the quick hitters. We always talk about the the easy passes, the gimmies, and that's something that Matt Eberflus talked about and Luke Getze that hey you got you gotta accept the freebies free throws and Justin Fields has not been particularly good at that 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 is a place where lots of quarterbacks get a lot of mileage by that intermediate passing which obviously sets up the downfield you don't take away any of that stuff from Justin Fields but I think that those are important things like the delivery is still too slow from Justin Fields so I mean you know, and I and I feel like that's a very fixable thing, or it should be a fixable thing. The delivery, I think it the is. Speed. So, uh, you know, the the speed is there, the the velocity is there, the deep ball is there. It's just it's the simple stuff, and I'd like to think that he'd be able to to get that done. I don't know what I I I said last year that I need to know going previous to this year that I need to know that that this guy. Is I have to have it in my brain. Yeah, he's he's the Bears guy. He doesn't have to be a superstar, but he has to show me they could at least be good. Mm. And he did pass that test this year. Because if you don't want to call him great from this year, he was good. You know, Justin, because of what he did with his legs, you and and it does and it's not offset enough with the passing. So it's it's good on, yeah. the, on the overall. Overall. <laughs> now now I want to know going through this year after that's why I asked Robert the question after 17 games this year. I'm pretty sure I want to know that that guy is going to be a great quarterback. And he doesn't have to be elite, but I want to know that Justin Fields is a great quarterback or it's going to be back to square one with QBs, I think. He's Mark Grody. I'm Gabe Ramirez. This is 670 The Score. You know, when you play Madden, studs, I know you can speak to this as well. You know, there are two types of players, right? Two types of people that are playing that game. There is the guy who you know, drops back and runs around forever to try to throw the Hail Mary to get the touchdown because that's how he lives. And then there's the, there's the guy that, you know, is it's smart and, 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 and thoughtful and dink and dunks all the way down the field and, you know, throws a run play in there, right? He's methodic in, in that sense. And that's who I want Justin Fields to be. I want him to be I – don't, I don't want him always to be the guy that's scrambling and looking for the, the bomb down the field, right? I, I do want him to just, you know, take what you want. But, but when you mention, you know, there's a lot of guys out there that are making a lot of money, you know, making those easy throws – and I think that there's a, a a clear-cut separation between those guys because the majority of those guys are just backup quarterbacks, right? Guys that can get the job done. And those that are starters are those that are leaning a little bit more towards the Justin Fields side, to the, the, the exciting playmaker. And so I, I'm I'm curious, you know, what, like how like how does he get there? Because the answer can't just be simply 
a wide receiver in an offensive line. Mm-hmm. And now all of a sudden he can make better decisions because he can do that, right? It's like, because what if he isn't? Like, what happens then at the end of the season? Like, if he doesn't, you know, make you think he's great. That's where what Ryan Poles hopefully gets in trading down is security for 2024 Mm. and 2025. And if you could land a pick in the top five or top ten, that's what he's trying to do here right now. Like, if the Bears suck again, and then you got, like, the sixth pick and then, like, the 15th pick, you can trade those two to move up to get, you know, your quarterback. Yeah, like any GM worth his soul wants to build a team with the draft. And this is the way to do it, man. It's not just about this draft. It's about multiplying this year's draft and setting yourself up for the future. And, you know, I don't know if that's realistic. I mean, I know yeah. he was talking a tough, big game to Peter King about that, but he's got the right idea. He's got the right idea. Think about this year. Make splashes this year, but don't don't sleep on next because we just we had the conversation. Like, which position is going to be greatly better next year? It's hard to say because every position can kind of use a boost every right position. now. Every position, even the ones that you don't think like like the secondary. Even you know, the, oh, would love would love a stud cornerback. Absolutely, just like they're, one more. They're, I think that yeah, and I don't know if that's realistic to think that they would invest in that because. Of Kyler Gordon and right. you know where they put him and Jalen Johnson's got to get paid probably at some point in time. But th- to the point, it's like everywhere there is needy. So it's hard to imagine that the Bears are going to be a playoff team this year. Like there's gonna there has to be improvement. <laughs> but an NFL's the NFL, and I know that something crazy could happen and they could end up they in could the be playoffs. The Giants. They could be the Giants. Absolutely. It's that's that's all on the table. But realistically, you look at it and say there are so many holes on this team that I think eight wins is a pretty good place yeah. to put the over-under right back to, now. Back to my Madden comp. Uh, Studs, you yeah. strike me as the guy that uh, will run the same play over and over again because you know it works. In a way, yeah. <laughs> no, don't in a I'm, way. Don't in a way. Me. Say run, yes or no. I, I'd say that I run a total of about 15 plays. That's plenty of plays. Yeah. Because uh, I know they work probably more than and, most. You know, every now and then I'll go into like practice mode and kind of mess around and yeah. see 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 if I can find some other plays that work. But for the most part, it's like fifteen plays that I know work, and I my my overall strategy is I'm gonna pound the rock same until until they stop it. But I mean, I'm I'm also now at the point where we Bears actually have a good quarterback in Madden with Fields. Yeah, and I and I'm several years deep in my franchise, and he's a 99 overall oh. and just a stud. Oh, I love best this. player in the game, so I throw the rock all the time now. Oh, but, I love this. But, yeah. I hope this is real life one day where Justin Fields becomes yeah, a 99 he's won, and can throw the rock. One won back-to-back MVPs. He might. Times, you know. Does he have a Super Bowl yet? Oh, he's got three. Oh. Four. Hey, Four. he's no Aaron Rodgers. How many years deep am I in the franchise? That's how many Super Bowls he's got. I won it every year. As it should be. I hope he wouldn't lose <laughs> in uh, pro mode. All pro mode on Madden. All right. no, I don't uh, play on Madden, but, yeah, I'm all pro. Damn. I miss playing Madden. What if Justin Fields becomes a superstar this year? Okay, now see, that's this is the conversation. This, this makes me excited. I mean, like five games in, it's like, oh my god! If Justin Fields becomes a superstar. What if Justin Fields becomes a superstar? Because he all already going to cry. Hey, hey, he's not a superstar right now. And no, he, and he ha- but he has all the attention. He has ninety-seven percent of the attention in this town. Yeah. What if he becomes a superstar? I'll cry. Oh my God! The I, other three percent is for the the Cubs, White Sox, and Bulls. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. it. One percent for the Blackhawks are in negative territory. They actually screw the whole thing up. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Cubs and Sox, uh, we will get a chance to talk to Scott Merkin at eight twenty, um, and he'll be able to give us some more insight on what's going on over there. Uh, and we'll do the same. Uh, we'll talk a little baseball uh, after the break. Don't go anywhere. It's Gabe Ramirez, Mark Grody. 
Right here on 670 The Score. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle, from the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback. There's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theatre in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheatre.com.